Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. I'm T-Bone. And as always, I'm joined by Meredith. Hello, everyone. But before I turn it over to Meredith, listen, this week we're going to be talking to Dr. Ryan Scale, who is just outside Chicago in Northbrook, Illinois. And he's recently, uh, a few years back, attended our mastermind and done our implant program and a few other programs with 3D dentists. And it's not here to be a commercial for 3D dentists, but instead we're going to talk about uh, some of the beliefs that he had about how dentistry was supposed to be, and so how some of those beliefs have changed, and how he's working less, making more, doing more of the dentistry enjoys. And we're going to talk through that transitionary period and how that happened, and uh, we're going to have a great conversation. But before we do that, let me uh, turn it over to Meredith so we can help pay the bills around here. <laughs> well, I'm excited to get talking to Ryan because I think there's a lot of people in the same boat he was in just a few years ago. And I like to tell him he's our he's our most improved player. <laughs> um, but before we get to Ryan, I do have a Google review for so, 3D Dentist, our one and only sponsor. Yeah. So just for everybody to remember, uh, we've gotten light on the reviews lately. So if you would like to help me out, leave a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Google itself. Just type in 3D Dentist and leave the review. I mean, really, you have to because what am I going to read when we run out of reviews? I won't have a spot anymore. <laughs> We're going to have to repurpose the reviews. <laughs> All right. So this review is five stars. We just started our online training for sleep apnea implementation at our offices. These people are just phenomenal. The content is great, simple, and easy to follow and implement. I wish I knew about them a few years ago and I would have taken their implant courses. Thank you to T-Bone and Dr. Elliot for putting up this wonderful course together. That's what we do. That's so nice. Well, it's not too late in the year to get signed up. We have added a few more courses since ours have sold out for the fall. We have a digital implant continuum, November the 15th to the 20th. We have sleep apnea, the 11th and 12th one. And then we have also back by popular demand. We have sleep two, November 13th and 14th. And, you know, listen. We talk a lot about doing better dentistry and more dentistry and slowing up to speed, sorry, slowing down to speed up in your practice. 
And next year for 2022, we're going to introduce our two-day 3D case acceptance boot camp. That is the seminar that will truly change your practice and change the way you and your team work together and the dentistry that you're doing. Uh, so get in touch with Meredith about that. It's, I'm, I'm absolutely positive that course is going to stay sold out. So let's, uh, uh, let's get on the ball with that. So with that being said, let me bring on our guest for the week, uh, Dr. Ryan Scale. Ryan, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, T-Bone. Thanks oh, for having this. me. Look at this. Look at this. From the pre-interview <laughs> to now, he's got the yeah. logo in the background. That's amazing. <laughs> Such 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 placement! You're such a semi millennial. Amazing! Are you kidding I've, I've me? I've learned from the best, man. Yeah. That's right. That's you right. A, you got a brand. You got a brand. Oh, oh my God, that's awesome! I love. That. I'm going to put that back up there just so yeah. I can stare at it a little bit. That's awesome. Love it, Ryan. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your practice, uh, briefly about your practice and about yourself? And then we'll kind of get into this week's conversation. Cool. So uh, my backstory is, as you can see behind me, Daryl Scale is my father. So we're a father-son practice. And my dad was one of those kind of classic baby boomer solo practitioners who it was a do-it-yourself, lean and mean, you know, busy, productive practice. But we, we you know, we grinded every day uh, to produce ordinary drill and fill dentistry and dad never took real high level continuing ed courses and and challenged himself to to do more and um i i wasn't willing to kind of sit back and follow that same path so i've pushed us along a bit slowly but surely and it, it was a slow slow growth for a long time and uh just in the last probably two years um man, things have really taken off for us. And a lot of it's thanks to the, the systems and ideas that I learned through you guys. Well, thank you so much for that compliment. Why don't you, why, why don't we begin by, what do you think looking back, let's say uh, you did mastermind. Uh, 2020. 2020. So uh, during the pandemic. So mm -hmm. God, it seems like so much longer than that. I know. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you, in your words, what do you think was the number one challenge you were facing in your practice? Uh, looking back a year or two ago, before you came, what before you thought? You, you know, I was I was new. I was a really good clinician. I was new. Patients liked us and liked me. Um, that we provided great service. But honestly, I just had to get out of my own way. And um, the, the whole I know you mentioned in the opener, like the slow down, the speed up thing. Um, that that to me was the biggest. I w I was burning out. I was grinding two hundred forty you know, patient facing days a year or more, um, probably 260 sometimes in, in a year. And that didn't leave me any time to not only like mentally and physically regroup, but it didn't leave me any time to really kind of focus on developing my team, developing myself, um, and, and creating the practice that, that, you know, we fortunately have today. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I was just kind of, as you know, as you were talking about your dad there, I was thinking like he's a child of of nineteen eighties dentistry, right? Yes, nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties dentistry, and and you know, people often say that the golden age of dentistry is over, and I could not disagree more because look, if you were from the eighties and nineties generation, you had five services on your on your on your product shelves. You had 
fillings, you had crowns, you had bridges, you had extractions. And that's pretty much what General Dennis did. You know, if you, if you needed endo, you definitely sent that out. If you needed ortho, you definitely sent that out. Any complex surgical procedures, you definitely sent that out. And, and now, today, thanks to technology, thanks to modern advancements, dentists have the ability to do so many phases of clinical care within their practice that it's probably, in my opinion, the best time to be a dentist. Now, certainly we have challenges. There's no question about that. But none of our challenges are greater than being stuck in a 1990s, early 2000s mindset and trying to do 2020s era dentistry. And I think, Ryan, if, you know, if I could say this uh, with love, I think that's part of the challenge that you guys are facing is that you wanted to do 2020s type dentistry but you were kind of stuck in a 2000s, 1990s, 2000s bubble. You know, what would you say about that? I would say it wasn't even 1990s or 2000s. I'd say, you know, we we were in the 1980s, uh, (laughs) 1970s. So I know T-Bone just crushed me on this many times, especially our friend Sully, that Dad and I were doing 100% of our own hygiene until 2015, and in 2015, the only reason that 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 dad was really because at that point he owned the practice outright and I, I didn't have a whole lot of say. Um, the only reason that dad kind of conceded to bring in a hygienist was because my little sister graduated hygiene school, needed a job. <laughs> he didn't and have I a choice. <laughs> didn't have a choice. He, right? so, he was going to pay for her. He was going to pay her <laughs> one way or the other. Let her produce. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when Molly came on board, it it, it opened my eyes to to the potential of, of freeing up our schedule, um, but I still didn't get it. And even when I showed up in January of 2020 at, at your office in your house and we did this intro thing where I told the story of my practice. And I mean, everybody's, you know, jaws dropped when they when I told my story of of how we do so much of our own hygiene. And so when you say so uh, much, how, how much of your own hygiene, let's kind of go back. How much of your own hygiene were you doing? I I would say that my daily schedule was minimum 50% hygiene. And so half of my day was spent doing hygiene. And uh, I can proudly say that today it's, it's down to zero. (laughs) Zero. That's what I said. (laughs) Most improved. I didn't expect zero, but that's awesome. Zero. From hygiene to implants. And and what kind of struck me in all of this was was that you were a little insistent that it was smart for you to be doing hygiene. So, you know, the benefit that I have maybe compared to a lot of people that are fighting this fight is that we are fee for service. And so, you know, dad, dad built himself a great business and he was super successful for, for what he was wanting to do. And and keeping overhead very low and having a small intimate team. We joke that we live on scale Island and that, you know, he, he was able to be productive and profitable for him via doing his own hygiene. Cause he felt like he could produce enough per hour via exam, cleaning x-rays um, and doing it efficiently and fast that he was good with it. And so that was kind of where I was coming from is like, you know, not doing this for $80 we're doing it for, you know, a very fair and reasonable fee. 
And what um, eighty dollars isn't fair and reasonable? I mean, MetLife isn't, yeah. isn't paying me yeah. a fair and reasonable fee. Yeah. How dare you say such a thing? <laughs> so that that was probably my initial kind of response to you guys was, well, hey, we're still being productive. But then when you look at the at the numbers, and it was like, if I'm spending fifty percent of my day doing hygiene, and it's at the end of the year, it's only computing out to you know. A tenth of a percentage of my production. Clearly, clearly, the math doesn't make sense to to continue to do that. So, what made you want to get out of the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties style dentistry? I mean, that's what you started doing, and you were, con- you know, you knew it wasn't what you wanted, but you were doing it. What made you want to join something like the Mastermind or start implementing new systems and services? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. So the mastermind, uh, you know, the real reason I, I was obsessed with it is I saw the the video of the Dr. Sullivan's Lake House, and I was like, <laughs> I want to go there. And it just looked like an awesome time. And the real, you know, the reality was that I was referred to masterminds by Dr. Dave Turok, who's also here in Northbrook. And he is the sole reason that I was able to meet T-Bone and team. And, um, and if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't have even known about you guys potentially because I don't spend a whole lot of time in the podcast realm. But um, that brings us to another point of, of me not almost not committing to masterminds. Yeah, I I wanted to bring that up, and thanks for kind of bringing that up for us or or, or kind of, you know, giving me a softball. While Dave uh, Turok did send you here, he also was almost the reason that you didn't come. And I remember, what was it, maybe two days before, maybe the day before, maybe the morning of (laughs) the flight, you know, I I get a call from um, from Sully, and and he's like, I think you need to call Ryan and, and talk to him a little bit. And I was like, why? And, and you know, so I think part of my problem is that sometimes I just don't understand. And uh, so, you know, but anyway, tell us about what happened. 
So what happened was, you know, Davey told me, Ryan, if you have an opportunity to do this, you got to do it. It was the greatest thing I've ever done for myself and my practice. And it just totally altered his kind of approach and perception of running a dental business and being a, a clinician. And so when I applied, to me, it was more of an application. And I I was nervous I would even get selected for it, right? And at that time, I didn't even own the practice outright. So it was like, am I even a candidate to come? And um, and then you guys welcomed me aboard. I was like, all right, let's do this. And then I was getting pressure the weeks leading up to it from, from my dad, from, believe it or not, my mom, uh, and, and also my wife that, hey, you know, Dr. Turok is going to be in attendance serving as a mentor. You know, are you sure you're comfortable sharing your, your guts of your practice in front of him? And I was like, hey, you know, he's, he's a great friend. And I just was continually getting hesitation from, from my family. And uh, then I started getting concerned. And then uh, Dr. Turok and I had a lengthy conversation about it. He, was, he went so far as being willing to pass on coming as a mentor as badly as he wanted to go through the process again, just to ensure that I had that experience. And I still was scared to come. And it really wasn't until I talked to Sully and to UT Bone about, you know, avoiding that scarcity mindset and understanding that there's enough business in the town of Northbrook to, to support both of our practices. And, um, and apparently the I guy heard, next I, to you too. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't have been more wrong, but yeah, Meredith is right. I, I'm in a professional building with, there's four general dental offices in this professional building. And it's so a highly- You need to kick one of them out because you need more space now. I do need, I'm desperate for more space right now. I'm yeah. absolutely desperate. Well, I think, you know, the scarcity mindset or the, you know, that, that mindset is, 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 it kills people and kills practices. And it, you know, let me back that up. I don't think the scarcity mindset kills practices. I think it holds people back more than it kills them. Because here's the truth. If you didn't come, you would have, you would have made a great living. You would have had a great practice. You would have been a great clinician. And you would have done wonderful things. But <clears throat> you wouldn't have been exposed to other potential. And that's where one plus one isn't two. One plus one is three. You know, two plus two isn't four. It's eight. You know, and exponentially, as you put people around each other, you know, what happens is nothing short of amazing. And yes, there are times where you're going to lose around when you're, when you're in deals or when you're in partnerships. You're going to have some that you lose, but you're going to gain so much more. And, and even when you lose, you're gaining. I mean, I've, I've always believed that, that some of your best learning comes from failing. Uh, and and I, th I think scarcity mindset holds people back. And... and I was going to say, most of all, you wouldn't have made it to the lake house. Yeah. And then you also wouldn't have felt comfortable taking that week off to go to Turks and Caicos, nor know where to stay. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a right. lot of really great things, but also the scarcity mindset is why you were working 250 days a year and you weren't, that wasn't for our listeners, that wasn't just within your practice. You were working at another practice a few days, one or two days a week, right? So you were... On those days you were doing that, those were days you could have been focused, even if it was just not physically in the office, but focusing on your office and thinking about ways to make it better versus 
you know, running yourself ragged working for someone else in another practice. Yeah, 100% Meredith. I mean, that was the thing is I was I was working like 180 days for my office and I was working, you know, 60 to 80 days for another office as kind of a moonlighting thing just to to pay the bills, so to speak, and make as much money as I felt like I needed to make to support my wife and my three kids. Um, and, and the other reality of my wife is a full-time working attorney and, um, we were both grinding it and we weren't happy. Um, it was like, why are we working so hard? And, um, you know, in the last six months, my wife has left her job and now is staying home with the kids for the foreseeable future. And I'm scheduled to work 179 days this year. So, um, it was scary for me. And I think a lot of the listeners out there may be in the same boat who are, you know, their own practices that maybe they don't feel like are big enough to support their full, you know, their full salary structure, um, that what they want to be able to take home. But it, 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 I, once I was forced, once I realized I needed to rip that bandaid off, once that Band-Aid came off, it was like an explosion in our own office. And it, it, it's only been a handful of months, and I, the growth has been crazy. Yeah, you know, I remember um, one of the mistakes I made when I started my practice was not moonlighting. And uh, I, I look at Andy Thomason, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember, I remember uh, pushing him to get a moonlighting job to relieve some of the stress. But in, in Orion's case, I looked at it very differently. His case was... His, his doing hygiene and not being focused on his office was holding him back. His moonlighting job was getting in the way. Right. And, and, and that's fine to get to a point of paying the bills. But as soon as you get to that point, you got you to gotta have a transitionary plan to rip the Band-Aid off. And, and our goal there was just to accelerate that and, and to make Ryan feel that it was okay. Because, you know, he, you know it, it's always clear for the outside that these decisions are easy. It's very easy for my yeah. wife to tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. And it's so hard for me to see some of those things sometimes myself. And so that was important. Now, if you could just give us a couple of three, you know, a couple of examples of what changed for you from Mastermind specifically and how it's affected your practice. So besides the slowing down to speed up, I, I gained an immense amount of confidence in myself just from having the support of the Masterminds group, having, you know, T-Bone and Sully on my team. Um, but really the, the main takeaways from that, that that the biggest thing that I think clinically that helped us was, was photography and taking photos on every single patient. And at first I was like, there's no way we can take photos on, on even the new patients because we didn't have enough time scheduled to take photos on them. And I was like, the, the hygienist that didn't even exist was like going to complain about having to take photos. Well, the easy um, thing is the one hygienist you had was your sister. So yeah. surely she would be on board. <laughs> but um, taking, taking photos it, it honestly helped me diagnostically. Um, and being able to share those photos with the patients and, and showing them what, what it is we see. I was already huge on educating and we were taking intraoral photos and, and you, you know, you were like, listen, the intro photos are great, but they, they don't tell the whole story. And I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it until we started doing it. And it was like, holy cow, this, this like transforms the way that I treatment plan. And so photography 
led me into being able to comprehensive treatment plan. And I've heard this whole treatment plan comprehensively is the biggest way to, to grow your practice. And I'm like, I don't want to over treat. I'm not here to cut every tooth in the mouth. I'm not doing, you know, full mouth cases. What are these guys talking about comprehensive treatment planning? I, I'm a good doctor. If I see a cavity, I'm going to fix it. If I see a failing restoration, I'm going to fix it. So I, I felt like I was comprehensively treatment planning. And, and the reality was I just wasn't, it was like, at best quadrant dentistry. And um, it felt it felt to me like I was doing more, but I really was just missing the boat. Um, Ryan, if so you don't mind, I, I have a note on that. Do you remember the time we had the conversation that, that me and Sully were arguing that your case acceptance was too high? Yes, <laughs> yes. And I was also confused by that. I was like, we, we, we don't have a case acceptance issue. We people accept 100% of the treatment we, we treatment plan. And then Sully goes, dude, you do have a case acceptance issue. It's way too freaking high. <laughs> it was like, I, I'm, I was confused. And now that I've gotten to know the system, I, I get it. You can probably explain that to the listeners better than I can. But um, yeah, I mean, that was a challenge for me to grasp was, well, if I'm telling people they need something, they're saying yes. And I'm, you know, modeling with interval photos and I'm doing the best dentistry I can. And again, the reality was that, that I wasn't giving people the best. Yeah. And I, I want, I do want to clarify a couple of things that you said. It's, it's not that you weren't giving people the best. You really were because your treatment plan from your heart and your treatment plan, really high level dentistry. And really, I think the big change for Ryan's practice was giving patients a chance to say yes to all of the dentistry in their mouth. Okay, not necessarily just the area that's broken or just the one or two teeth, but being proactive and not just proactive in the quadrant, but proactive in the whole arch, proactive in the whole side of the mouth, proactive in the whole mouth itself. And, and it's not in Ryan's particular case, it wasn't that he was diagnosing fillings when they needed crowns. It wasn't that he was missing cavities. It wasn't that you can do buildups and charge for buildups and increase production that way. You know, those are all, it's, it doesn't fit in my belief system. You know, to me, what was changing for Ryan is that he was just giving patients a chance to say yes to all of the dentistry that they needed now and they may need in the relatively near future. Not dentistry you need five years from now. There's no, listen, we're not here to treatment plan stuff that may scare tactics that may be five years from now. It's about, hey, what's going to happen in the next year, year and a half? If we're already in this area working, if we already got you in the office, what would you say about going ahead and taking care of all of it? Does that sound about right, Ryan? Oh, that's 100% correct. Uh, you couldn't have said it any better. And, yeah. and some of it from my end, too, is just having the confidence to tell people because you always feel bad. Like, oh, gosh, Mrs. So-and-so has, like, you know, like, they got like three or four teeth you really should get to. But I know she just doesn't want to have to pay for it or she's always grumpy if I tell her she's got something wrong or, um, you know, and so you're, you're scared to tell someone that they that they could make their mouth better because you're just kind of have it in your brain that it's a negative thing. And, and if you flip that script and be like, hey, listen, we can do this for you. And once we do it, um, you're done. And we don't have to mess with your teeth for a very long time. And it won't and, be one or two every single time you come. Yeah. And then they can't yes. figure out why every time I come, why do I have a cavity? Because you didn't tell them about, you know, all of them that they had the last time. It's one or two at the time. It gets, 
hard for the patient too, wasting their time sometimes. That's what patients hate about going to yeah. the dentist. Like, why do I need something every, every damn time. time I come in here? Like, what yeah. am I doing wrong? And and the truth is, is we're just not giving them the choice of saying, listen, Mrs. Jones, you got a couple of ways. We can do it all now, or you can do it all over the next couple of years. Which one works best for you? I'm okay with either one, you know? And, and if you want to do it all over the next couple of years, we will. <laughs> we will be happy to do that for you. So, Somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. What else besides photography? One more thing, if you don't mind. Um, well, the treatment planning piece. Okay. Um, so when you comprehensively treatment plan, you know, it's like, oh, especially in a fee-for-service office, I mean, the fees escalate pretty quickly. And I had a guilt, a guilty conscience of, like, I didn't want to charge people. Um, I don't want to charge people so much at one time. But in being able to offer, like, the in-office financing and doing firm financial arrangements for people, um, which was a really, really big struggle to to get up and running in the office. That was probably the hardest thing that I had to, to change about the office um, we, we legitimately, again, because we were doing like single tooth dentistry or one or two teeth at a time, it was like, um, you know, we didn't tell people how much it was going to cost or what their insurance was going to cover. It was like, we just did it and, the, you know, then build them for it. And um, now our over 90 day receivables is like incredibly low, uh, never been lower, even though we've got a lot of people on these um, extended financing plans just because now people are paying at the time of service and they're still also financing lengthier, bigger treatment plans. So we're able to make it more affordable for people. And um, that's helped us with Invisalign too. Um, And our Invisalign between the photography and offering um, fair and reasonable monthly payments has, has just completely exploded. Yeah. You know, I, I want to do, I do want to, one minor correction. We don't recommend financing in office. We recommend payment plans. Financing would bring you into lending laws and things like that, which are a little bit more complicated. Just minute point there. Um, you know, but I didn't push, I, I want to, you know, retrospect here. I didn't push Ryan hard on the in-office payment plans like I do with a lot of PPO offices because it wasn't solving an immediate problem for him. Uh, to If I, looking back, you know, I, f- I felt the number one challenge that Ryan faced was he's got to stop doing hygiene. We've got to figure out a way to give him some more time to do more than $300 an hour dentistry. Uh, you know, so that was the number one challenge for me. The second challenge is I wanted him to create a finance problem because he would never, and rightfully so, he didn't believe us because his patients paid him up front. So why would one that's having patients already pay you up front why would you offer now suddenly offer them payment plans? It's a step backwards, and it really is. But the payment plan should solve the problem of your patients doing more huh. dentistry. You know, and in your case, you have a great problem that your patients were comfortable paying a couple of thousand dollars at a time, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars at a time. But my challenge was to get you presenting three, four, five thousand dollars of dentistry creating the problem that now they're saying, hey, listen, that's pushing my budget a little bit, and that's where the payment plans really come into play, is now you got your com- patients comfortable paying $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 down, and now you can, over the next three to four months, you know, they clearly they can afford, you know, the five, six, you know, four, five, six hundred dollars a month payment, and you can get all the dentistry done in a single visit. So I, I think that was my game plan with Ryan, was to get him out of hygiene, 
to getting him diagnosing and treatment planning uh, differently. I don't want to say better because that's not the case in your situation. Uh, to get you doing it differently and then creating a problem of have, needing a solution uh, to patient uh, affordability. Uh, that, that, was, that was the first steps for us. And then um, kind of the next step after that is I, I wanted Ryan to get some clinical diversity. I wanted him to add procedures to his practice because you guys were throwing all that money away by referring it all out. So talk to us a little bit about the implant journey and why you chose implants as a diversity, where that came from, and kind of let's kind of go into some of that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I did an AGD out of school, um, and I had a fantastic oral maxillofacial surgeon and um, serve as a mentor. We did a three-month ro rotation at VA hospital. I ended up pulling maybe 300 teeth in three months, and um, I you ripped I got 300 teeth out. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. There was no socket <laughs> preservation and no grafting, and certainly no membrane, um, and. and and no mindset of tooth replacement therapy or any right. of those, you know, terms, but it was get the, get the teeth out and call it a day. Um, but I did have a chance to place a handful of implants as a resident free handed, but you know, um, I didn't feel confident leaving, leaving the residency that, Hey, I can do this in my own office. And of course, dad was like, Oh, we don't, we don't do that here. You just refer it to the surgeon. It was yeah. Like, oh, we don't okay. do that. We're, we got, we got bigger yeah. fish to fry. We got hygiene to do. We clean, <laughs> yeah. We got clean teeth. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Even in school, my buddies and I remember having breakfast to together um, and we were just teasing that you were like a, you know, a prophodontist or whatnot. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I ended up becoming a little bit of a prophodontist for a while there, but no, the implant game, I always liked surgery and, um, I was confident and comfortable taking teeth out. I just didn't do a lot of it. And I, I was hesitant to commit to the implant course because again, I looked at my practice. I was like, well, we have healthy patients because we're in a higher socioeconomic area. It's not like we have a lot of edentulous patients. How many implant cases are realistically there? And having been through the masterminds, I knew that you were going to, kind of make it a mandatory thing, even though it's not truly mandatory, but highly encouraged to have five cases lined up bef before you, you, you know, you get home so that the first five uh, cases you place are done that first week back from the course. And I was like, I don't even think I can get five. And I started looking at the practice and I was like, maybe I can get there. Maybe I can get there. And I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to sign up for this course. I've heard great things. I had, I don't know how many of us, the nine of us that were masterminds, I think six or seven of us have now completed the mm -hmm. course. Um, and I, I made the choice that this is something I have to do for myself. I'm in my late thirties and I got another 20 years of practice and I don't want to keep drilling on teeth the rest of my life. I got to diversify what I'm doing and I committed to it. And, and what was your experience? Uh, number one, Listen, drilling on bone is way better than drilling on teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you still have to drill on teeth if you want to do a lot of implants because you got to section those teeth before, <laughs> before you take them out. So, it doesn't have to be pretty, though. <laughs> you're right. The preps don't have to be, you know, half millimeter chamfer margins right at the gingival margin. You know, you can, you can be a little bit more brutal than that. Uh, what was your experience like at the program? And what was, some, was one of your, you know, maybe one or two of your biggest takeaways? 
the, I mean, the biggest thing was like, I can do this. I, I, I mean, I came home and I knew day one, I had a surgery scheduled Monday. Um, I had two surgeries scheduled Wednesday um, and some were, were um, two implant sites. So <clears throat> I did do five that first week back and the, the challenge getting home was getting my team on board to get them to understand um, the workflow of it, having a great rep to support you and getting started um, in your office. You know, our rep helped us dissect all the boxes and the shipment, the stuff that came in and all the parts and all the steps. And um, they, they helped me get through that. And I ended up going up with a system that wasn't utilized at the core. So it was still somewhat foreign to me. And um, my rep did a great job getting us through that. And, and my team felt great. I felt great. The patients felt great. But um, the course itself, the best part is the fact that it's guided. So I felt very confident that I could get home and I wouldn't be able to screw up because <laughs> having that confidence is, is a big part because you're doing surgery and placing a screw in someone's mouth. I mean, that we all get scared. Um, and, and the fear factor was real for me. And um, I, I think I just came home supremely confident and um, – I was prepared. Are you surprised at uh, your implant opportunities in your practice? Yeah, I'm still worried. To be honest with you, Tiba, I'm still like worried. Like, oh man, am I like I haven't done one in a in a couple of weeks? Or are they going to come? But the reality is that you know, in, in probably the last two months, conservatively, I've taken in taken out and grafted eight sites in all eight yeah, of those that's future implants. Yeah, and they're all already pre-scheduled, right? So it's like, okay, you know, four months from now, we're gonna you know, take our scans and um, do our planning and be ready to place the implant. So they're already in the book. And some of those are coming up now because I took the, the March course. And so we started doing this March, April. So some of those are, are coming up in the next couple months. So I think that, I think they're there. Yeah. Um, some of it's going to be me being confident in doing certain cases and knowing what cases are green light cases for me, what cases might be yellow light cases and maybe pushing myself a little bit on the yellow light to turn them into green light. Just um, knowing that it's guided surgery and, and what to look for. And ha honestly, having the, the text chain of the 20 docs or whoever that are on, on a group that I can send a message it's to. 20 or, or 19, some. depending on if there's, if <laughs> which there's, if there's an which, Android involved. <laughs> yeah, depending which one. Which one Rick responds to? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The, I was one of the conversions, man. You guys have changed my whole life. I've yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I do want I do want to point out one thing uh, that you're talking about, and I think it's very appropriate with you for sure. Is um, I think oftentimes people get into a mindset or a belief that. If you start doing implants, you have to make your whole practice implants. Or that you're not a success at doing implant dentistry if you're not doing 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 implants a year. And I think ultimately it's about having reasonable expectations for yourself. And I think Ryan's a great example of reasonable expectations. You know, earlier in our pre-conversation, he said, you know, I think 30 would be a great number for us. Is that about right, Ryan, that, that you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful in this year, having finished the course in April, having placed five that first week back, that I can do another 10 to 15 this year. So yeah. it put me at like 20 within eight months. 
And then next year, if I could hit 30, yeah, I'd probably be happy if I hit 30. Yeah. But the reality is if I, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I probably could, you know, 30 could become 50 in a matter of yeah. two or three years. But, but to me, the important part is that 30 is a reasonable number and it's nothing at all to be ashamed of. That's at your, look at your 30 at your fees is like me doing 60. I mean, it's, it's, you know what? And, and more importantly, your 30 implants is 60 crowns. You don't have to do, or it's probably 150 implants. Sorry, 150 to 200 fillings. You no longer have to do your 30 implants it's probably a whole year's worth of hygiene schedule that you don't have to do anymore. Or getting off early to go to your kids' lacrosse games. Yeah, you know, it, and we all have to look at these kind of things so individually and so about what's important to us and where we're at in our life. And, and I think it's super important because I'm super guilty of it because basically all I post now on my social media are surgical cases. So it makes it look like that's all I do and... You know, it, it's it, inappropriately. It is all I do, pretty much. But that's that's unique to me because it's literally all I'm trying to do because I'm trying to work less. But I think my goal, you know, really my goal is for implant dentistry. I want to create lots of general dentists that add implants to their practice. I'm not interested in creating lots of general dentists that all they do is implant dentistry. Uh, I'm trying to create nice, diverse, uh, recession-proof, future-proof dentists. And I think, you know, getting yourself hitched to one thing, uh, there, there's some risk in that. When times are good, it's phenomenal. But when times get tough, it's, you know, there's something to be said for having a good all-around clinical skill set. And I think it's important for us to point out that you don't have to go back and do hundreds to be successful. You can do 20, 30 implants a year, and it makes a tremendous impact on your bottom line, but more importantly, it makes a tremendous impact on your success level and your confidence, because if you go back and do 20 to 30 implants, and that that was your goal, that tells you that the next thing you tackle, you're like, hey, I did it with this, I'll do it with that. It's why I'm, I'm confident that no matter what I choose to learn, I'm going to do well with it is because I've succeeded with the other things I've done and it makes me feel confident uh, to go and tackle those things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too. 
teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it, T-Bone. Um, I'd be thrilled if I, if I did 20 to 30 every single year. I don't need to do 50. No. I, I, pardon me, I don't want to work that hard either. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> I, uh, it, you know, to what Meredith mentioned about going to my kids' lacrosse game, um, my, I have three little kids, and I want to be home while they're little. And so my, my life pre-3D, I was not home. And I, I felt like I wasn't working too much, but I was really working way too much. And now I'm just more productive in less time. And um, if it wasn't for you guys having me sitting here recording at 730 at night, then uh, <laughs> I'd be at the park with them right now. But um, well, no, we'll I'm def- super thankful for, for all, all the opportunities and, and um, really just kind of helping me free myself up to, to do the best I can. You know, I think there's something also, number one, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, and, and thank you for giving me uh, the joy and happiness to help other dentists because that's really what drives me is, is seeing other people successful. And I think what's often lost in how hard we work is, is some of the stress that we feel because we're not achieving financially what we want to achieve or what we need to achieve. And, you know, hey, great, you're working 200, you know, working instead of 250 days, you're working 180 days. I mean, I'd be like, what the hell am I going to do with my 70 days? (laughs) I got, got, you know, but I think there's also a level of, hey, I don't have to worry about, you know, making ends meet. or I don't have to worry about providing for my family. I don't have to worry that my wife has to work anymore, that she can. Because I think that's an unbelievable compliment to you that you're in a position of, you put yourself in a position where you guys have that freedom and that flexibility for her to be able to choose even not to work. And, and there's a lot to be said for that. I think, you know, for me, I, 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 you know, it's a great reminder for me that family should be most important uh, and that, you know, we, we need to make decisions based on our children. And, and I know for some people that's not the most important thing. You know, I think... You know, for you, it's certainly the most important thing. For me, I, I, I will truthfully say it's important. It's not the most important thing, but I'm very wrong about that. Uh, but luckily, I have Mona who kind of keeps me in line with all of that stuff, luckily. So, yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned a couple of times is the confidence, the confidence that you got, the confidence from this and the confidence from that. But I think, and I think you were speaking clinically to pay you know, having the confidence to talk to patients, being able to show them the pictures. But I think one thing I've seen in you is you've gained the confidence to become a leader within your team. Um, You have had team members look up to you and kind of change systems and ways. And you've come back with, you know, how many different systems and things you've wanted to implement over the last year. And then you said, okay, I'm going to go do implants, which meant you know, a hundred new parts and pieces within your practice. How did they all take that? Did they grow? Um, you know, how did it affect the team and the practice? 
Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been trying to push the team. I, I, that part's hard. Um, I've, I listened to a, a little segue of, of one of your other podcasts recently about um, having existing employees when you buy a practice. Well, I've been functioning in this practice for 12 years. And um, so there's definitely existing employees, but I already had a relationship with them. So for them to kind of understand my path and my growth, they were already witnessing that. It was just the slow and steady path. And and we've just accelerated that a little bit. So I think, you know, they were on board with it. Again, certain things were challenging, like the firm financial arrangement piece. Um, Block scheduling is still an issue um, for us and ensuring that we schedule appropriately in enough time. And we only have four chairs, so we really have to be smart about how we're doing it because if um, we've got four chairs, two doctors, and two hygienists. There, there's no, there's nowhere to go. Um, there is no so, overflow. <laughs> no, the waiting no room. Overflow. We will see you in the waiting room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the 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 leadership piece is it's tough to manage a team, and you know, for me, I'm just trying to get them to understand the whole concept of replacing themselves. And now I've created created Invisalign Champion. I just hired a new assistant to kind of handle what she was doing before because now she's handling so much of my Invisalign and um, it's made it's made my life significantly better. In fact, she's away on vacation right now in Mexico and um, getting You're married. You're doing and, it yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, gosh, I hate doing this. Well, so, that's poor scheduling. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, Meredith, I think the team, the team piece is always a challenge, um, but it's helpful it's helpful to have the support of the other docs that are part of part of 3D that that are there to kind of support you in going through some of the same things. So you can say, hey, you know, how would you approach this situation with your team, or how did you guys make this work in your office? And that's the coolest part about working with other doctors is that you know collaboratively we each have different offices, but um, we all have insights as to how it might work best in your situation. It's not like a you know one size fits all by any stretch. Yeah, you know, I, I want to uh, kind of kind of wrap this up so you guys can get home, uh, both of you. I'm I'm at home. <laughs> um, um, you know, Ryan, I I think you are a testament to perseverance, um, because and, and you're a great example that that I need sometimes myself in my life, in that you have done everything on your own timeline but you've done it all. And I think there are times where you frustrated the heck out of me because I'm like, why is he not doing this? And there are times where I've got to sit back and say, you can't force somebody. They've got to be ready. They've got to be at their own timeline. I'm not there in your situation. Like FFAs, firm financial arrangement. It took you a long time to get that, but you got there. And you're not there 100%. None of us are. But I can't begin to tell you how amazingly proud I am and and just just you're a great reminder to me that you know slow and steady wins the race and it doesn't have to be on my timeline and doesn't and I love that about you that you don't get caught up in the oh so and so is doing it I need to do it I need to do it yeah, or so and so is doing it in one month and I'm taking six months woe is me it's just you know what it's it's that steady force and I think that speaks volumes to who you are, I think it speaks volumes to how your parents raised you. I mean, it speaks volumes to that. And I think it speaks volumes to your dad that he's 
that he's kind of taken, I'm assuming he's taken a bit of a step back to allow you to, to go because what you're doing is definitely not in his comfort zone. And uh, I think it's absolutely amazing. And I, and I, you know, my push for you is, is you need more space. Um, you know, you, you got to have more space. We, we got to figure out something. We might need to cut the waiting room in half. <laughs> Put two operatories in there. You don't need a waiting room anymore. You don't need a, you don't need a doctor's. Get your dad to buy into not having a doctor's office. It's, you don't need a private office. You know, hell, you don't need a bathroom. Put a porta on outside. You know, um, you know, getting you more space so that you can. You, know, you literally don't have room for a CBCT. And you're still doing all of this because you have access to either a mobile unit or a scanning center. And again, it speaks volumes to you. You don't let all those things get in the way. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, we need more of that. We, we absolutely, I just do it through brute force. Uh, you do it through finesse. And, and sometimes I wish I had a little more finesse. And much life. calmer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, minus the hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, thank you so uh, much no, for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Really appreciate. Um, it's happy to be a part of 3D in any way possible. So yeah, just, we, we uh, love we love having you. So. And my kids, thank you every month. You know, uh, yeah. you know <laughs> all, all their private schools and my kids, all <laughs> all their fancy things that they have. I just live down here in the basement. <laughs> Wears the same shirt every day. Pretty much. It's either Raleigh Dental Arts or 3D Dentist. It's one of the two things. Ryan, how I can people get in touch? Me too. Yeah, how can I people get how can people get in touch with you? Uh, my email is probably the easiest way, ryanscale at gmail.com, first and last name at gmail. Uh, you can read it on the screen behind me. Uh, <laughs> I love an original so, first and last name Gmail. That's yeah, my favorite. That gmail. means you're that means you're old. That's all that means is that you're yeah. old and early. <laughs> or yeah. your name is Jung Chung Chung Wolf. <laughs> you know, something like yeah. that. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thank you guys so much. And everybody, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank Ryan enough for coming on. And really, listen, we are championing. We are champions for the individual dentist uh, here on this podcast and here at 3D Dentists. And what the individual dentist means is it means not just those who own their own practice, but also associates that don't have control of the business that they're in, but they always have control of their clinical skills, their diagnostic skills, and their case presentation and communication skills. Uh, regardless of that, we want to help dentists really get the most out of our profession. So if we can ever be of assistance to you, uh, just reach out to us uh, on, in, on all the social media channels or visit 3d-dentists.com or T-Bone Speaks. Dot com, and we look forward to seeing you next week on the T-Bone Speaks podcast. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. 
Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 